Have you ever noticed that the lower jaw is not protected in sports? Did you know that 10,800 concussions will happen today? This has been an upward trend for the past 50 years. I'm Dr. Michael Hutchison, a practicing neuromuscular dentist. When my son wanted to participate in football and rugby, I was afraid he was going to get a concussion. That fear led me to finding the missing link to reducing concussions. The fact is, the only part of the skull that is not protected in sports is the lower jaw. If you want to drastically reduce concussions, there are three basic jaw positions that affect concussions and two of them are not good. The correct one is called physiologic jaw position. It will dissipate the force away from the brain. Knowing that, I designed an appliance that put my son's jaw in the right place and as a result, he was concussion-free from fifth grade all the way to senior year. This job position takes those 10,800 concussions today down to 28. It's the key to concussion protection. As a parent, this is what you need to know. It's extremely important that the device you are using is on the lower jaw. Thickness of the device is important. Most importantly, it must position and hold you in your own unique personal physiologic jaw position. So if your child goes out on the field with the correct jaw position, your son or daughter will not one of those 10,800 concussions today. Get yours today at powerplusmouthguard.com. Use the promo code POWERUP2023 for 10% off. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me tell you all about it. First of all, it's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so you can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So download the free Anchor app now or go to anchor.fm to get started. Thanks for listening to the Pigskin Tales podcast. This story was written and produced by your host, Ross Bliley, edited by Nikki Bliley. You can follow me on social media outlets such as Facebook and Twitter, music streaming providers, Spotify, Podchaser, Apple Podcasts, CastBox.fm, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, Breaker, and Pocket Casts. If you like what you hear and want to support my work, then Anchor.fm and Patreon.com is where you can find me. Just search under Ross's Fancast. On the World Wide Web at RossBliley.com is where all my episodes are uploaded. The soundtrack is provided by Kevin McLeod of FilmMusic.io. Thanks for your support, and I always appreciate feedback. Last time on the Pigskin Tales podcast, we learned about Ernie Nevers. He was a football star at Stanford University in the 1920s as a fullback. He grew up in Superior, Wisconsin, but when he was 18, his dad moved the family to California to start a farm. He played four sports in high school, four sports in college, and became a star athlete wherever he went. Ernie Nevers was nicknamed the Big Dog in college because he was bigger, stronger, and faster than any of his teammates. This time on the Pigskin Tales podcast, 
we will learn much more about the big dog and how his life in the prose turned out. Part 7. The Chicago Cardinals The league officially kicked off on September 29, 1929, but a few teams, including the Chicago Cardinals, played a week before on September 22nd. According to ProFootballArchives.com, the Cardinals squared off against the Canton Bulldogs and lost a heartbreaking thriller by the score of 6-0. Mr. Nevers was the big attraction to Cardinals fans that season. For instance, he was the big star that scored all the points for the Cardinals during the first ever night game in NFL history on November 6, 1929 against the Providence Steamrollers in Providence, Rhode Island at Inslee Park. Playing the game under floodlights, a crowd of 6,000 fans saw Nevers throw a 45-yard touchdown pass to Cassell in the end zone for a 6-0 lead midway through the second period. After a short halftime break, the steamrollers went 3-and-out and the Cardinals got the ball back due to a forced punt. Nevers led the Cardinal offense down the field to get within field goal range. The steamrollers stopped them on third down, but on fourth down, Nevers kicked a 23-yard field goal to go ahead 9-0. During the fourth period of play, it was Nevers again scoring on a 3-yard rushing touchdown after the team marched down the field on a 51-yard drive. Nevers kicked the extra point to continue the shutout. The final score was 16-0. In another game, on November 24, 1929, the Cardinals hosted the Dayton Triangles. Ownership of the Triangles decided that this was going to be the last game of the struggling franchise due to the loss of too many games and very low fan attendance. The game was played at Comiskey Park in Chicago, Illinois. According to ProFootballReference.com, the field had luscious green grass, an open roof to the stadium, and fresh air 300 fans could take in. The weather was more than likely a nice sunny day with temps in the 40s. In the first period, Nevers drove the Cardinals offense down to the goal line and scored on a 3-yard rushing touchdown to make the score 6-0. After a few punts and possession changes in the second period, Nevers again drove the Cardinals down to the goal line and again scored on a three-yard rush. Just before halftime, the score was the Cardinals 12, Dayton Triangles nil. Into the third period, the Cardinals forced the Triangles into punting situations and Nevers eventually drove the offense down to score again from one yard out on another rushing attempt. This time, head coach of the Cardinals, Dewey Scanlon, asked Nevers to kick the extra point. Nevers converted to make the score 19-0. In the end, the Cardinals walked out winners of the contest. So what happened to the Dayton Triangles? There were lots of questions to be asked and answered. Ownership decided over about a year to sell the franchise in July of 1930 to a guy named Bill Dwyer from Brooklyn. He renamed the team the Brooklyn Dodgers and co-owner Jack Depler became the new head coach. 
One of Nevers' best highlight reels of his 1929 season came when his team played against the fabled and crosstown rival Chicago Bears. On an icy, frozen field at Comiskey Park on Thanksgiving Day, 7,000 fans had donned their best winter coat, hat, and gloves to watch Ernie Nevers. In the first period, fans saw Nevers duck, dodge, and bulldoze his way into the end zone for a 20-yard rushing touchdown. After a three-and-out by the Bears, the Cardinals went down the field and again Nevers scored his second touchdown on a rushing attempt. He kicked the extra point to make the game 13-0. In the second period, the Bears again went three-and-out and gave the ball back to the Cardinals. Nevers drove the offense down to the goal line and scored his third rushing touchdown on a four-yard attempt. He kicked the extra point to increase the lead to 20-0. After a break for halftime, the Bears' offense finally got something going in the third period when quarterback Walt Homer threw a 60-yard bomb to Red Grange's brother, Gardy, for a score. That made it 20-6. Following the Bears' score, Nevers took his offense down the field and ended the drive with his fourth rushing touchdown of the game, making the score 26-6. Nevers again kicked the extra point, making it 27-6 by the end of the third period. Heading into the fourth and final period, the Bears' defense was sucking wind trying to hold Nevers down, but it was very difficult. It was like he was a machine that just never quit. Nevers pounded the ball up the middle on every play. With the score 27-6, the Bears' next possession saw another 3-and-out. The Cardinals just kept feeding Nevers the ball, and eventually he scored his 5th and 6th rushing touchdowns. He added one more extra point after his 6th rushing touchdown, and thus secured the NFL record for the most points scored in a single game with 40. Since then, no running back in NFL history has came close to scoring that many points. Only two have had 36, and only one has tied the number of rushing touchdowns in a game. But no one has broken Nevers' record of points scored in a game. What would I think it would take? Well, in this modern day of pro football, a running back would have to score seven rushing touchdowns in a game to end up with 42 points. Therefore, both records would be broken. The number of rushing touchdowns in an NFL game and total points scored in a single game. Is it possible? Sure, anything is possible. Do I think it'll it'll ever happen? Probably not in my lifetime. But again, anything is possible. As the 1929 NFL season finished up, it was easy to tell that Mr. Nevers was going to be picked to be the number one fullback on the All-Pro team. Upon return of the ballots sent to team owners, managers, and sports writers, Nevers received all 16 votes for number one fullback. With his 40 points scored in a single game, how could everyone not put his name down on the, as the league's best fullback? Since the Chicago Cardinals' record was 6-6-1, they didn't make the league's championship game. That was left to be decided by the Bears and Green Bay Packers. 
The Bears were 8-0 and the Packers were 9-0 at the time of their meeting. The Packers ended up defeating the Bears 20-6. Neither team lost after the meeting, but the Bears ended their season with a 13-1-1 record, while the Packers went on to a 12-0-1 record. And since at that time they didn't have a playoff system in place, it was Curly Lambeau and the Green Bay Packers that hoisted the 1929 NFL pennant. This started the tradition of winning 13 championships and 4 Super Bowls over the course of decades of professional football. With the 1930 NFL season starting up in mid to late September, Nevers competed with the Cardinals again. One aspect of Nevers' game changed just slightly, though. It was after the 1929 season that head coach Dewey Scanlon and owner David Jones decided to have a sit-down with the Big Earn and asked if he would be willing to be a player coach in the upcoming season. Hey, fellas, what you drinking? Whiskey. Neat. Vodka. Martini. Bartender, we need a whiskey neat and a vodka martini over here. I'll take a beer, please. Uh, Ernie, we need to discuss something with you. Yeah? What? Well, you know, you had a great season last year, the best year you ever had as a professional. Yeah, I had fun. The guys really look up to you. They know that you're the leader of the team. They know you're the only guy that can get it done on the field. But I'm not. It takes all of us to win a game. And that's why the guys respect you. You play the game with everything you got, the right way. Let's cut the chase. We want you to be a player's coach. We know that you want to win. The guys want to win. And I want to win. Let's face it, Dewey's great, but you call the plays on the field. You're the man in charge. Dewey can be an assistant on the sideline. He can sub guys in if you need, but you'll be running the show on the field. You okay with this, Dewey? It's not up to me to decide. I got my health to worry about. I just don't want the guys to stop playing because now I'm the head coach, you know? If you're worried about the pay, I'll give you an extra $1,000 as a bonus. I'm not worried about the money. I'm worried about the guys in the locker room. Don't worry about it. We'll have a talk with them. Okay, count me in. I'll give it my best shot. During the season, Nevers had many highlights. In two games, which were back-to-back around Halloween, Nevers and the Cardinals played the Frankfurt Yellow Jackets and the Portsmouth Spartans. In those two games combined, Nevers scored on four rushing touchdowns, a passing touchdown, a field goal, and six extra points. Another highlight of the season was that he helped the team to a victory over the eventual NFL champion Packers in a 13-6 game on November 16th. The loss ended the Packers' 22-game win streak and never scored all 13 points in the victory. He had one passing touchdown, one rushing touchdown, and converted one of two extra point attempts. As the All-Pro team ballots came in for the 1930 season, Ernie Nevers received 14 of 16 ballots, while Bronco Nagurski tallied two votes. The Cardinals finished in 7th place, 
with a win-loss record of 5-6-2. At the start of the 1931 season, Nevers was still a player's coach for the Chicago Cardinals. Playing fullback, punter, and linebacker, the 1931 NFL season ended up to be the Big Dogs' final season. Some highlights include a win at Green Bay that gave the Packers their first loss of the season. The Packers were undefeated at the time of the meeting. According to the Oshkosh, Wisconsin newspaper, the Oshkosh Northwestern, they published on November 16, 1931, that Nevers gave one of his greatest exhibitions in recent memory. He ended the game with two touchdown passes and three extra points kicked. Another highlight from the 31 season was the last second win against the Portsmouth Spartans on November 22nd. Big Dog helped the Cards to a 20-19 win by scoring two rushing touchdowns and kicking two extra points in a bloody, muddy field battle. Nevers played his final game on Thanksgiving Day weekend, November 29, 1931, before a crowd of 1,500 fans at Wrigley Field in Chicago. The Big Dog and the Cardinals claim victory over the visiting Cleveland Indians 21-0. Nevers did all the scoring. He threw a 44-yard touchdown pass to Malloy, rushed for two more touchdowns, and kicked three extra points. Nevers ended his professional football playing days in late January 1932 due to a fractured left wrist. It happened on the last play during a charity game in which a group of professionals played against Frank Carrito's All-Stars in San Francisco. Nevers scored all 26 points for the professionals in the 26-14 victory. In the end, Nevers told the press that he wanted to get out of playing professional football after five seasons while he is still in one piece, and that he wanted to pursue coaching football as an assistant at Stanford. When asked about his thoughts on his career, he said, in short, with mixed emotion, It's a great game. According to the Sandusky Register newspaper, the press reported on January 26, 1932, that over the course of his professional football career, Ernie Nevers played nearly 100 games. When asked whom he thought his greatest opponents were, he mentioned Red Grange, Machalski, Nagurski, Slater, and Kessling. The last thing he mentioned in the article to the reporter of the Sandusky Register was that he hopes to be known as Coach Ernie Nevers. Thanks for listening to the Pigskin Tales podcast. This story will continue in the next episode. This story was written and produced by your host, Ross Bliley, edited by Nikki Bliley. You can follow me on social media outlets such as Facebook and Twitter. Subscribe to the show today through Spotify, Podchaser, Apple Podcasts, CastBox.fm, Pocket Casts, Breaker, and Radio Public. If you like what you hear and want to support my work, go to Anchor.fm. On the World Wide Web at RossBliley.com is where all my episodes are uploaded. The soundtrack is provided by Kevin McLeod of FilmMusic.io. 
Thanks for your support, and I always appreciate feedback. Sources of information were found on the web at newspapers.com, 1900 to 1909 Prices and Wages by Decade from the Library Guide at the University of Missouri, ProFootballHallOfFame.com, History.com, the Online Encyclopedia Britannica, the National Football Foundation, BaseballReference.com, ProFootballReference.com, and ProFootballResearchers.org. Hey there, Sports History fan. This is Arnie Chapman, a.k.a. the Football History Dude, and I wanted to thank you for stopping by to listen to another episode here on the Sports History Network. Our podcasters are passionate about uncovering and sharing sports stories from yesteryear. And if you didn't know it already, we have over 30 shows across the network covering all sorts of sports history topics. In fact, here's a glimpse into one of our awesome podcasts here on the network. Do you wish you knew more about the 100 seasons of the NFL? You're in luck because you found the Football History Dude Podcast, where each episode is a journey back in time to learn about the rich history of the NFL. From the founding of the league in an auto showroom, all the way to what it is today, America's favorite sport and a behemoth of an industry. My name is Ernie Chapman. Football is my passion, and I want you to come along with me each week to explore the yesteryear of the gridiron. So hop on board, my DeLorean, and let's get this baby up to 88 miles per hour. How about that? I bet you're super hyped to go listen to that new podcast, right? Well, to learn about this show and all the other podcasts on the network, head over to sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Again, that's sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Head over there today to find your next favorite sports history podcast.